0: Nick Chouquet, CEO and founder of Roman's Tide, right? The survivalist. What's your revolution?
1: My revolution is realizing that I could achieve everything I wanted in life by really just loving myself and expressing myself uh, and not being afraid to do it and let that stop me from doing it. Can I have your attention for a moment? What's good about this
0: Welcome to the What's Your Revolution show, a show for men and the people who love them, where we discuss how men can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. I am your host, Dr. Charles Corpro. What's good, good, revolutionaries? We are in spring, spring. spring, one of my favorite seasons of the year, spring and fall, I am back in Virginia. You know, if I was in New Orleans revolutionaries, I would be counting the days at the recording of this show, it is April 20th, and my New Orleanians know that the window is closing. This wondrous time in New Orleans where spring and the livelihood and the robustness of being in the crisp air of New Orleans brings about life. And even though COVID has hampered many New Orleanians over the last year, I know that my revolutionaries who are down there are reveling because they know that after that first weekend in May, it will be hot. But I am here in Virginia, spending my first spring in 15 years. And it has been a wondrous joy to spend this time with my family and friends, I was able to run a triathlon a couple weeks ago, hadn't done it in six years. Set a goal, this was my 50th year, and so you know what I was gonna get back? I got the bug. What I realized in this journey, revolutionaries, is that you don't have to stop. You can set goals, put them out there in life, and then go out and crush them. But you have to make sure that you can see those goals. There were days that I did not wanna get up. I didn't want to swim, I didn't want to run, and I damn sure didn't want to get on that bike. But I knew with the goal setting out there in front of me, I knew that April 10th was going to come. And so I had to put the work in. That's the thing about life. You got to put the work in, even when you don't want to. Because that's what revolution is. That you can set this revolutionary goal, you want to change, but without the work revolutionaries... There's nothing there. You will never succeed. You will never plant the fruits. You will never plant the seeds that you will be able to see the fruits bear. And so on April 10th, I was able to run my first triathlon in six years, and I was able to actually meet my goals. But I remember looking at the results, revolutionaries, and was like, you know what? I really didn't think that I was that slow. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. And I, I began looking in the results of people in my category, although I have not turned 50 Uh, They put me in the 50 to 54 category. And I was saying, I was like, wait a minute, why are these, wait, these dudes can't be faster than me. And they actually were. And so now the goal is, how do I move up the ranks, right? How do I set a higher bar? It wasn't just about finishing. I set a time. But now how do I place in the top 10 or how do I place in the top five? That means you set your goals higher. The revolution becomes a little bit greater, becomes a little bit longer, a little bit stronger, And so that's what I'm asking you to do because spring is about rejuvenation. Spring is about rejuvenation It's our opportunity to to sheathe off that deadness of winter and to come out something different. And So I'm asking you as you set your revolution, revolutionaries, that you think about what do you want to sheathe off of yourself? What what are those old dead things that you just want to let go of and what's the goals that are in front of you that you want to achieve? My next goal is July the 11th with my friend Julie that I was able to meet at at the triathlon. Find your people, as I say, because there will be people out there that, that will allow you to come into their tribe and then you will invite them into your tribe, revolutionaries, and they will allow you to push even further. On that day, on the route, Julie and I saw each other a couple of times. We kept saying, yo, you got this, you got this. And then afterwards, there was this great conversation about life and pushing and crushing your goals. So now I have a new partner to run this. Find your tribe, people. And I say this because it's interesting. I, As I said, I moved home and I've been, been working out of a co-working spot here in Virginia Beach. Gather. Shout out to Shannon and Kathleen. Formerly departed now. Gabby, new Ellie, and Polly for all the great work that they do there. But I've met some amazing people, revolutionaries. Some amazing people. Had conversations with some of the most outstanding people that you, never, that you never thought you would meet because they're just so unassuming. They're walking around in shorts and t-shirts, you know, just saying hello, talking about food and nutrition. and you just, don't, you just don't know how great these people are and you don't know their stories. And I sat down with this brother, Nick Chouquet, unassuming cat, right? Talked about surfing, talked about his love. And he was like, look, brother, I got a story to tell. And he started telling me, telling me about who he was. And I was like, yo, yo, revolutionaries, my people, you have to hear this story. And so I was like, let's do this. Let's do this. So I want to introduce you to my friend, my friend. And this story is so riveting and compelling. You're going to be like, yo, really? This is Nick Chouquet, CEO and founder of Roman's Tide. And we'll get into that. But I call him the survivalist. Because this brother's story is one of survival and resilience. Nick, brother, what's going on? How are you? And thank you. And welcome to the What's a Revolution
1: show. Hey, what's up, Charles? I'm super excited to be on here, man. Just, uh, you know, having another great day at the office. I love it here at Gather. Like you said, so many amazing people in the building. And it's uh, been great to connect with you and and other people here. I'm uh, stoked to be on the podcast, man. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And look, look, my revolution is going to see them I'm like, look at this dude, like he's like a model. That's why I had to put my hat on. I need, you know what I'm saying? I was like, wait a minute. I got to find a way to, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> cover up cuz you see this dude, you know, and when you see him like he's just as affable as he looks, man. So thank you, brother. Look, man, I I, I want to jump into this show and yeah. really get to know you. Look, Nick Tell us about yourself. You know, we've we've had an opportunity to talk about what your revolution is, but I really, before I even ask you that signature question, right? I want to ask this question: Who is Nick Schuquet?
1: Yeah. So you know, I, I I do a lot, man. I'm I'm an e-commerce guy. I'm a dad. I got three kids. Uh, I'm a husband. I have a great wife, uh, Angelica. At home. So, you know, those hats keep me keep me pretty busy, man. Those roles keep me really busy. Um, but, you know, at, at my core, I'm, I'm someone who really loves uh, gathering knowledge and taking action and helping other people and and using my passion, my skills, my strength to really help. Uh, other people, you know, really deep down. I think that's what's always kind of pushed me and motivated me. And I get a lot of satisfaction when I'm able to inspire someone else or help them accomplish their goal or just bring happiness into someone else's life.
0: That's a beautiful thing, man. And, you know, like you said, being able to use your knowledge to inspire people. If you think back, Nick, right, if you think all the way back to the beginning of your story, you know, let's just jump into that. I, I want you to go back because I think when you, when people think about where you are now, this ability to use your knowledge to inspire and impact people, right? They need to they need to hear your story, man. Take us all the way back. I want to go back to little Nick, right? Yeah. Because this compelling story, right. Begin that journey of how you got to this point, right? I want you to go, how you got to this point of saying that I want to transform the lives of people, I want to give them knowledge because the backstory would would seem like, how did he get here? So let's go all the way back and talk about that for a few minutes.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think my my journey down my path started as a little kid, you know, seven, eight years old. My, my parents got divorced. We were living in a small town, moon township outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, I mean, my dad was always busy at work. My mom was at home raising the kids. Uh, dad was always gone a lot. And like that kind of, you know, made me feel some type of way for a little bit. I was always sad about dad leaving. Um, and, and then uh, my parents split up, you know? So like, even from a very young age, I didn't have a lot of direction uh, but I had a lot of ambition and I feel like a lot of people feel that way. Like they feel like they're meant for something bigger. Um, you know, it's just that, that kind of fire that you can't put out. Um, and I definitely had that. And after my parents split up, I even had less direction, you know? So I had all this ambition. I had no direction. Um, and I, and I got in with the wrong group of people, you know, because school, I didn't really vibe with what school was teaching. Um, you know, go to school, get a job, retire one day, and kind of like hope you're happy. You know, it was like rolling the dice and hoping you're happy. And, you know, if I'm gonna roll the dice, I'm going to risk it for something, you know, a little bigger than that, you know, is how, how I feel when I look back on it now. And that really just, always stuck with me like every day in school year by year, it never went away. Like, man, is this really what life is supposed to be? Is this why I'm here? So I I look back on it now and like I was depressed, like legitimately Mm -hmm. depressed. Um, it just, for whatever reason, it didn't really manifest in an obvious way to me, maybe to other people. I'm not sure. Um, but I was never like sad, you know, I always had a, had a smile on my face and was in a pretty good mood and, and somewhat positive. Um, but when I was by myself, man, I was I was sad, I was depressed. I was always reaching out to other people, you know, wanted to be around other people, didn't like being by myself, um, was really sad about my family dynamic and yeah. my relationship with my sisters and brothers. And, you know, it just wasn't a real family really. You know, the family feel, the family vibe uh, was not there. So um, I was out on my own, man, at a pretty early age, you know, just kind of navigating the world and uh, got mixed up with, with drugs and alcohol. I don't really want to say the wrong people because, you know, honestly, I I was the wrong person. You know, it was me that got sucked into that world because, um, number one, like the the excitement was there. The adrenaline rush was there. And that's something I was looking for. And I got hooked on that. Yeah. But it also, uh, Charles, it, it numbed that pain. Yeah, it put tell, tell out the that fire exactly. yeah. of, hey, man, you're meant for something bigger. You got to do this. You got to do that. You need to make this move. You know, I didn't have that direction from my dad that I wanted because my dad was dealing with his own stuff. You know, now I look back on it like he was just digging his way out of, you know, his hole. And he was working hard, real hard, very well respected guy um, in in business. And, um, you know, so so I got hooked on that lifestyle. I got hooked on those people and those people started to build me up. You know, they, they would, they would, uh, motivate me to do like, you know, crazier things, take risks and try, you know, new, new drugs, go to parties, like be the guy that was, uh, just really wrapped up in that world. And I just started to really embrace it. I started to identify as that person. You know, like, this is who I'm going to be. Um,
0: Tell me what that felt like internally. You talk about the depression piece. And then because what I hear from that is that in the midst of in the midst of being alone and potentially depressed, you went looking for a tribe. And we talked about that earlier. Right. And the influence of a tribe, you know, and I love the responsibility that you took. You said, you know what? I, I potentially was the wrong person because oftentimes we will say, Nick, that these people drug me in. You said, you know, and I, I love that, that you took the ownership of that. What was that like being in that crowd for you? You know, if you could go back and if, if find the physical, the physiological aspects of that for you, what did it feel like to be center of attention, you know, potentially high, the gregarious guy? What was that like? For you,
1: you know, in in the moment, it felt good, right? When I was at the party and everyone's like, "Yeah, Nick's here. What's up, Nick?" You know, everyone's high fiving me, like, "Yo, what's up, man?" Like, you know, like that felt great. But you know, that's what I wanted. Um, I wanted those people, you know, to be excited to be around me. And uh, but when I was by myself, or even in moments, you know, I'm I was in the corner at the party or whatever. I'm like, man, like, you know, this really isn't me. You know, like I know. This isn't me. And like, you know, and and I just got worried about myself as well, because I felt like I had to continue to be a person that other people thought I was or that other people thought they wanted me to be. So there was no alignment within myself, right? Because I was all wrapped up in what other people thought I would do or who they thought I was or what they thought I was going to do next. Uh, So, you know, I I was a people pleaser. Um, I was always trying to please other people and I never had, did not have any love for myself. You know, I never really valued my own opinion or um, went after the things that I wanted to because I was scared of rejection, Right. Like I did, I was terrified of rejection. So there's a, there's a Um, couple,
0: there's a couple things in that Nick that I I want people to really, really hear. How old were you doing this time?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I I started messing around. I started smoking weed. I was probably like, you know, man, like 11 or something like that. right? Right. So I was pretty young when I first got introduced to that. Um, and from like that age to like eighteen, um I partied pretty, pretty hard um and you when know, you say my when you say party
0: I, yeah when you say party like what were you
1: doing like it went from it went from weed to weed um lsd mushrooms cocaine mdma um you know just about anything any type of party drug i never did any any heroin or uh, you know any crack i didn't never get into the hard stuff thankfully like you know something just kind of kept that stuff away from me it was never of much interest um to
0: me right and so <laughs> revolutionaries there's there's a there's a Lineage that we're going to take with Brother Nick here, as you hear in this story of, you know, ambition, right? And unbridled ambition without support, without positive support, right? And we think about this because I want you to think about this as we craft this story with my friend here that ambition is the theme, right? And when you think about that and when you go looking for your tribe, ambition can take you down a variety of paths. And what we heard from brother Nick here early on is that his ambition, I want, I think I can be better, but I don't know. You know, my family's not giving me the support. I've found a tribe of people, but they were taking me down the, they were taking me down this path and I don't want to call it the wrong path, right? Because adolescence is this opportunity for exploration. And so we would probably say that Nick, you were exploring and trying to find their way. There was, there were some things going on, but this path led you down, led you down uh, some nefarious, had some nefarious, uh, some nefarious endings for you. What were some of the consequences of this parting behavior, the drug use, and I'm not even say abuse, the drug use, what happened?
1: Yeah. So I, I spent a lot of time in and out of jail, man. At, at 15, um, I, I had been arrested a couple times. I was on probation Ah, uh, got into trouble with a buddy of mine again, and and went to Tidewater Detention Home, and they sent me to uh, juvenile prison for 15 months. Uh, so that was my first time being incarcerated. Uh, I, I had to go away for 15 months, and that was out of all the places I've been behind bars, that was uh, intense, man. You know, you're you're in there with they send you to this center where they put everybody. So you're in there with a bunch of, you know, young kids have done all different types of stuff and then they decide where they're going to put you. So that was the scariest place I've ever been. Honestly, I mean, you know, just 15, 16 year old guys fueled with testosterone, you know, not in the best headspace and just ready to fight at, at any moment. I saw a lot of crazy stuff happen in there. Um, went away for, you know, went to my place, did my thing for a little bit, Um, you know, kind of like it it was a good experience. You know, I learned a couple things, uh, found myself a little bit, but I still didn't see any way to uh, fuel that desire to be something bigger and better and accomplish great things. So right after I got out, you know, I kind of went back to the same old stuff and it actually even got a little bit worse. You know, like that's when I did cocaine for the first time and and started partying even more. And I had my GED. I got my GED while I was there. Uh, So I came home at like, you know, I was like almost 17. I had a job uh, making pretty decent money, actually. Uh, So I was like an adult. Already, you know, my friends were still in school, but I was already making money, uh, getting off work, doing my thing. So you're adulting. You were adult. Um, yeah, I was adulting, but, <laughs> um, you know, still just a stupid kid. Um, and I got right back into the world, man, of, of that life that I was living and, um, you know, kind of stepped my game up a little bit in that world. Um, was in and out of trouble again, in and out of jail. Um, and then, at like not long after, my dad was like, "You got to get out, man." He's like, "You you got to get out of this house." <laughs> so he you got to get out. He was like, "He was ready for you to go." Yeah, he was like, "You gotta you gotta find your own place uh, to live." And I actually didn't have a job then anymore. I had lost it, um, and that's when I started selling drugs. Oh wow! Uh, to support myself. Mm-hmm so i i started doing that um got my own place down at the ocean front and just went even deeper in, into that world of of that that lifestyle uh
0: and and, and virginia beach back this was what uh, in the uh early early to mid 90s early 2000s it's not the virginia beach that we're seeing now you know it's not
1: the virginia beach we're seeing now you know this was early early 2000s um yeah
0: yeah you know and so you, you're now adulting and you're now selling and you're, you, as we say, as we say in New Orleans, you out here in these streets.
1: Yeah. And, I was out in the streets for right, sure. Man.
0: You out here in these streets, revolutionary. Remember, we're talking about this, this, and, and this ambition. And when we don't have, when ambition takes us a certain way without support, we can go down a certain, we can go down a certain path. And right now Nick's on this path, right? He's dealing. And, as you know revolutionaries something is going to happen right Some, something something is going to happen you're dealing you did find a place but you're dealing what happens what's that event that happens while you're dealing
1: yeah so i'm dealing for a little bit doing my thing um and i got i was definitely like i got hooked on on coke like i wanted to stop couldn't stop um and i had a lot of it and you know i i was just going down a really bad path um, to this day, I still have trouble believing that I'm like that I actually made it out alive, honestly, because I've been through a lot of crazy stuff. Um, and I what, what happened was one day I was coming back from doing a deal, um, driving down Princess Sand Road and Pungo. Uh, it, it goes from like 35 miles an hour to 25 miles an hour. I keep going 35 uh, I'm i already have a warrant out for my arrest. So the cops saw me, scanned my license plate, comes after me right away. Um, I had a quarter of a kilo in the truck, and um, you know they already came out with guns pulled out because, like I said, you know at this point I've already done more than fifteen months. I've been in and out. Um, you know they know I'm I'm not some random guy just speeding down the road. Uh, So they come out with their guns on me, drag me out of the car. They find the drugs and uh, put me in the back of the cop car. And I was actually I mean, I was scared, but I was actually relieved as well because I knew this was this was my way out. Like this was the beginning of a new journey for me. I had no idea what in the hell that journey looked like, but I knew I was done. I didn't want to die from drugs just, you know, one random night or get shot by somebody for a deal gone wrong. Like, I didn't want to go out like that.
0: So, Nick, hold uh, on. There's there, there's some precipitating events to this. Right. There had to be some dialogue in your mind because all of a sudden, you know, all, all of a sudden you get popped. Right. And so I'm sure that the, that, that click wasn't right there in that moment. What were the, what were the precipitating events that led to you? Right. Cause you don't know, you don't know you're going to get popped. Right. Right. What were the, you know, one or two things that made you say, I, I want to get out of this.
1: Yeah. The the addiction getting pretty bad, like not being able to stop telling myself I want to stop like multiple times during the day and then it not happening. I didn't like, I've always naturally like hated anything, having a control over me. Uh, so that that really, really bothered me. Um, and then I just started to become yeah, I, the, the little bit of ideals that I did have and, and the things that I, when I did express myself, like I really just started compromising on those, you know? So I was even, I was losing myself even more uh, than I already had, you know, back when I mentioned being that young kid. Um, you know, so I was really just like just kind of empty inside, yeah. honestly.
0: And we know the in, you you know the impacts of drugs on both our psyche, our physiological aspects, and it, it it can take a tremendous toll. Nick, many people don't make it out, right? The addiction is the, the is the killer, you know. Yeah. Um it is that thing that is going to take the the thing that is going to take us out because we can't control addiction is strong uh and we think about you know i won't go into the evolutionary nature of addiction but addiction can be strong and we think about where we are in our society and and scrolling has you know even though we don't think that it's unhealthy scrolling has become the new addiction or social media has become the new addiction but i mean drugs change the dynamics of your body and for for many people they can't get out and you're saying in your mind because revolution remember there's a theme to this ambition right ambition and in his mind it sounds like nick is saying you know what i gotta i've gotta figure out what this is and it's interesting how the universe conspires you know you don't think in the moment doesn't sound like you thought in the moment right that I'm, i'm gonna get popped and this is gonna change my life but in that, in that car, you have those moments. And I remember what my, my precipitating event was when I started to change my own life. But Nick, it's interesting. You're sitting in the car and tell us this because life, life changes at least for a second, right? What happens?
1: So I'm in, I'm in that cop car and I know I'm like, man, yeah. Like I know I'm, I'm like, I'm done, done. Like I've, I've been given so many chances I've got a terrible rap sheet. you know, I, I'm just I'm done. I'm like, oh my god, like what's what's gonna happen? But there is always a glimmer of hope um, in me. So you know, and I'm that way to this day, um, even more so now because of what I've been through and been able to accomplish. But there was always a glimmer of hope. so like I you know, I just kind of accept I just kind of gave in. you know, I just kind of gave in to what was happening. I knew what to expect because I've already been through it before, you know, get handcuffed, go there. I'm going to go try to get bond. They're going to tell me, no, you're not going to get bond because I never got bond. Um, and then they're going to put me in there, you know, overnight, figure out where they're going to put me. And this was back in the day. So, it's you know, they do it a little bit differently um, now from what I've heard. But like back then, you know, I'm in there for possession with intent to manufacture and, uh, so they put me in with like, they call it the gladiator block. I'm in there with people who are like on there for murder on the old side of the jail, like shooting people, all types of crazy stuff in a small, like 12 cell fricking rectangle with one sh- one shower and a couple picnic tables and a small TV, um, and it was rough man i mean there was a lot of gang stuff going on people getting jumped people getting beat up stealing food out of their their cells uh lots of crazy stuff going on man um and i just really started to embrace this idea of you know making a change so i gravitated towards uh christianity towards the bible you know i'm like hey give me Give me a Bible. I need some hope or something. You know, like I need something good to scriptures read. Will lead you. Yeah. Uh so you know, and I, I had dived in into that stuff, connected with a couple of people uh in the block, and you know, we would read scripture together and and uh work out together and and just try to stay away from uh you know the nonsense. The
0: drama, the drama, the drama. It's it it sounds like in the in the shift. You know, you're finding a different tribe.
1: Yes, that's definitely the beginning of finding a different tribe. Yeah,
0: you know, and 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 that's the key. If we think about this lineage of of, of an ambition and finding your people, right, sitting in the back of a cop car, right, knowing that life has got to change, and now you're reading scripture, you're working out, you're finding some positivity. But there was an event, right? You had to go. You had to go back and and get in front of the judge. Yeah. Right. You know, and you had in your mind where you wanted to go. Tell me, tell my revolutionaries about that, because you had begun to think about like, I need to shift my life and there's a place that I I want to go. That's going to help me do this. Talk about that.
1: Yeah. So there were two things I knew that needed to change. One was like that, that idea of like being confident to be who I want to be. Right. So that was one thing. The other thing was like, I don't want to be hooked on drugs anymore now. So the one, the, the one of expressing myself and being who I want to be, I didn't get to that part until way later, but the drug thing I was able to work on, you know, I knew, I was like, well, they have rehab, you know, I can go to a rehab. I had a path for for that. I had a vision for it. So I found out about a place called edge Hill in Winchester, Virginia, and I wrote a letter to the judge, like, you know, uh, wrote a really nice letter. I was like, I'm 19 years old at this point and I'm only 19. I'm like, you know, I'm only freaking 19. Like, I swear, you know, I, I'm thinking I'm going back to when I'm like eight years old. Like and in my head, I'm like, I know this is where the, all this stems from. I'm like, I'm just some kid who just made a bunch of stupid decisions and got stuck in this freaking world. And I want out, um, but I don't know how to get out. I don't know what to do. I'm in too deep here, you know? So I'm like, please send me to this, this rehab. Let me go to this rehab. And she did. She said, yes, you know, God bless that, that woman that, that took that chance on me. Um, Cause they sent me there. Got, but I had to go back. They were like, all right, you can go, but you've got to come back after your 30 days. And I'm like, all right. Okay, um, so I go I go to Edge Hill, and I remember that night that I still came in. I w- I remember I was still smoking cigarettes at that point. So I get I get to the uh, to the treatment center. It's nighttime, and they give me a cigarette and uh, a lighter, and I just remember being so grateful for that cigarette and that lighter. And then she was like, "Yeah, you can you can keep the lighter. You can have it." And I'm like whoa, like I can keep the lighter. Like I had just come out of like 50 days of, of hell, you know, at this, at, at the jail. So I was so grateful to be in there. And I had a little room like under, under the stairs, I, you know, like some old houses have those rooms yeah, under yeah, the stairs. Like right. Yeah. So yeah, they, they put me in there and I'm just like, Oh my God, this is so nice. You know, like I was so, just so happy about it. And I remember sitting down and filling out the form you know, they're like, how, how often did you do this drug, you know, and have you done this drug? And what, you know, like really they ask you to lay it out. And I've been through that stuff before, but I had always lied before. And this time I was really honest. Like I was thinking about like, Oh yeah. How many times have I done LSD? You know, how many times did I eat mushrooms? And I'm like, I'm thinking and thinking, and you know, when was the first time you did that? And I was really honest about all of it. And I remember that feeling of that like weight coming off of just like, you know, no longer pretending to be someone else. Yes. Yes. Right. Like it yes. was just such a huge relief. Um, and because, I was there. Go ahead. Yeah.
0: No, it, it, because I, I think about this as, as we think about this journey, Right of surviving and resilience all stemming from this journey of trying to find yourself and as you're sitting as you're sitting there right you've been in a cop car you were in jail right you've been partying you were th- you were that guy right all of those things don't seem like they were you and for the first time in our lives of revolutionaries it, it seems like nick is allowing himself to say this is who i am and i'm asking you revolutionaries to think about When was that moment in your life? And maybe your journey is not like Nick, but there's a moment, there's a watershed moment in our life. And it it seems like we've we've heard a, a number of watershed moments, right? But in that, when was the first time you said, this is who I am, right? And this is who I want to be. Because we cannot be the person that we want to be until we acknowledge who we are. Remember the story of ambition revolutionaries, right? And it doesn't seem like at any point in time until that moment right there that you had acknowledged that this is who Nick Schuchat is. And so you're sitting in that room and what's going on, right? What happens?
1: So, yeah, I, I just really, you know, get really wrapped up in this idea of becoming better, of, of fixing myself. And, you know, I'm peeling off all these, these layers that I had covered and wrapped myself in over the past, you know, 10 years or so. And I just start started to take that stuff off, man. And just, you know, really start to embrace the idea of recovery. And, um, you know, it's such a great program, like even outside of just thinking of addiction and recovery, like the AA program is program uh, is really a good path to self discovery. And we had to go to seven meetings a day. So I had to go to seven AA meetings every day for 40 days. Uh, we had a morning meeting at the center and we had an evening meeting at the center as well. And um, so nine total meetings a day. Uh, so I'm doing that. I'm not you know, not really seeing any old friends or anything. Some family could come visit on the weekends. So I was really started to become grateful um, for this opportunity. And I started to become grateful for my past. And when you think of how long I was on that, Previous path, like it's kind of amazing how fast it happened in like two or three weeks. I was like, wow, boom!" I wouldn't be here without all this stuff I went through. I wouldn't have this opportunity to get to know myself. Uh, for four, I mean, imagine now, like as adults, you got work and kids, you're like, hell yeah, 40 days somewhere. Like, yeah, nobody bothered me. Like, all right, I need to get some time man, with myself. It, it,
0: the man who surfs, he's like, yeah, I'll spend 40 days surfing. <laughs> um, Nick it's interesting. You say that. And because I have this, uh, this meme, uh, up in my house, it says that the person that I am is standing on top of the dead versions of myself. Hmm. Right, and for many for many of us like you know like myself, there's a whole that 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 pile of that pile of dead versions of myself is quite high mm-hmm. you know to to get to this version, and I think that that's who you were right there. You were standing atop of all of those dead versions of yourself, right that 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 epiphany is sitting in the cop car, being in like, being in jail at Edge Hill. Now, you know, what does it look like? you you get to see this. What did you begin to envision that, right, this this real version of Nick Chouquet would look like in the future?
1: Yeah, so I, I started to get this idea that I wasn't going to go back to uh, the jail. I was like, and, and I'm not talking about like running away. I was like, they're, they're going to let me stay. So if the first thing I did was ask for an extension and I got that, they're like, yeah, you can stay another 10 days. And I'm like, all right. But in my head, I'm like, I'm not going back. I was like, I'm going to sign up for the Oxford House. It's a sober living house. They like reintroduce you to society. You learn how to like write checks and manage money and you have a position in the house. Um, And, you know, it it starts to add structure to your life, whereas I never had any really. Uh, So I applied for that. And I was telling everybody, uh, I was like, they're going to let me go to this Oxford house. It's going to happen. Everyone thought I was crazy. No one, no one agreed with me. Uh, the 40 days comes around. My dad picks me up, driving me back to Virginia Beach. We hit Williamsburg. By that time, I'm starting to doubt, doubt it. I'm like, shit, I am, I am going back. And um, then my dad gets a freaking phone call, man, from the lawyer. And they say, turn around. You're going nice. back to the Oxford house. Nice. So that was my first... Uh, that's a big pivotal moment in my life because I started to understand this idea of like manifesting things that you want to happen.
0: Talk about um, that, talk, yeah, talk, yeah, really talk about that because that's not something that, that it that seems as a comment they heard that seems pretty woo for men, yeah, right? and pretty woo, pretty woo for men of color, right, to hear that. You know, like talk about this manifestation. That, that's because that's big, right? Yeah, being a life and then critically thinking about that time and time and time and time again.
1: Yeah, I think it was. You know, it's it's a pivotal moment in my life, and I think everyone has the ability uh, to do that. Um, you know, because there was really no no outside force like having a hand in that, except for a power bigger than myself. You know what I mean? The universe, whatever you want to call it. But there was no like individual manipulating the situation or anything like that. It was just me truly believing that it was going to happen and my actions aligning, aligning with that belief, right? Like I wasn't out there just faking it till I make it. Like I believed it and my actions reflected that idea as well. So I think that's the other important piece of that puzzle. And I truly believe that when you think that way, and you don't give up, and your actions are aligned with your belief, that the impossible does become possible. Mm.
0: So wait, wait, because that sounds a little simple, right? My, my revolution is gonna be like who don't manifest or who have never done that. You're saying you, you just said like you gotta, you gotta believe, and then you have to have the actions behind it. And there's a, there's a level of consistency that goes with this. It can't be like you know, I'm going to be a millionaire today. Right. And then, well, I I put that out in the ethos, something's going to happen. Right. Uh, I, I always think to my mother, as we talk about faith, faith without works is dead. If we think about this from a, a, a religious standpoint, manifestation without work is dead. Yeah. You know, and so thinking about that. So what, what, what were the actions, right? What, you know, you thinking about, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. What did you do every day to continue to manifest that?
1: Yeah. So for me back then, it was it was going to the meetings. It was speaking up at the meetings. uh, It was reading my Bible every day in the morning and before bed, uh, praying before bed. I carried my Bible everywhere with me when I went to the meetings. Um, I even was like somewhat controversial at the meetings because I would bring up religion. Right. And, And at those meetings, they try to keep religion out of that stuff, um, out of those meetings, cause it turns some people off and the goal of the meetings is to help them with addiction. So I get it, but, um, you know, I wanted to voice that. So I, and I didn't want to compromise. Cause at that time in my life, like, you know, I, I was an active participating Christian and you know, my, that's how I wanted to act right? Like I wanted to walk that path that you see laid out in the Bible. So like I stopped cussing. I didn't talk bad about people. I didn't lie at all. I started to tell the truth all the time. Um, And I had those daily practices that I didn't compromise on because once compromise is a slippery slope, right? You do one thing and then the next day you're like, you let two things go and then it's three things. And before you know it, you know, you've just like given up on all, on all that stuff.
0: That's, that's the nugget. That's, that's the nugget right there that I think that we need to think about that when we're on a journey, when we're on a revolution, let's, let's, let's bring it back to what we talk about when we're on a revolution, you can't compromise, right? You can't compromise. It's like saying, you know, for a week, I'm going to go vegan for a week. If you're really going to go vegan for a week, and this is, this is just a simple, this is, I'm, I'm just, making this very simplistic, but you cannot compromise, right? If you set that goal, this is my revolution for the week to go vegan, you lose that because actually, Nick, you know, there's, there's, there's uh, neuroscience behind it that when we achieve our goals, the dopamine levels actually increase. Right. And, and, and those endorphins and dopamines actually increase. And so it, it says that so, so we can do it again. Dopamine levels actually lower. When we begin to compromise, you're telling the brain that I can't do it. Right. And so the brain begins to say, OK, well, you couldn't do this. You compromise. And so I'm going to continue feeding those thoughts because, you, you know, this is the cycle. You have to be resilient enough. You have to be a survivalist, as we say. That's that's so interesting. And so, revolutionaries, I'm asking you to think about this, right? Because if we think back to author Rasheed Thomas, talked about the choice points that we have in our life. And remember, this whole story that we're trying to tell here about Nick Shuket is that at certain choice points, right? He made choice points that led him down a direction, but then he decided to make better choice points or different choice points and one of those was manif- manifesting so you're in the car you're 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 back to o- oxford hill all right and we're going to move fast a little bit you're out life has changed life has changed what does it look like for you once like you've gotten out and you see that you've manifested this life what does that life look for you like then
1: Yeah. So I, you know, I started to kind of just accept that I was going, you know, I was going to go down that path that I really didn't want to as a kid, but I knew I didn't, I knew where I didn't want to go back. Right. I didn't want to go back to that life that I was leading. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get a job. You know, I'm going to have a family. I'm going to take this relationship seriously. Uh, I'm going to move back to Virginia beach and, and start walking down that path. And I did. You know, I, I came back, I, I got a job. I ended up having a kid and, uh, you know, stayed with the girl that I was with. Um, you know, I thought I owed her for staying through uh, all that stuff. But really more importantly is like, I still th- I thought no one else was gonna love me, honestly. Cause I still didn't really love myself because I was, at this point I was still compromising. You know, okay, I'm gonna go get a job get married. I'm going to have a kid and hopefully it all works out at the end, but at least I'm not doing drugs anymore. Mm. You know, at least I'm not hooked and doing that stuff anymore. So that's the path I started to walk. That's the vision I had because I didn't, I didn't know what that other life looked like. Yeah. Um, so I just, I just walked down the one that the world had kind of painted for me already. Um, but my, you know, like things did, that didn't vibe with whatever the hell is inside of me. Um, you know, cause things started to go, go off and I started to change. They went left again. They went left again, man. And, you know, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't aligned with whatever was inside of me and, and it pushed me to start. You know, hanging out with old friends and old tapes, man. Old um, tapes. Yeah, started hanging out with old friends, and like I, I was not happy in that relationship, and I know she wasn't really happy either. Um, We were just two people that like didn't love ourselves and wanted someone else around.
0: Right, and you know? just just for revolutionaries, just so you know, we can understand the whole tape. She had been with you through this journey.
1: Through the journey, yeah, we met, we got together, you know, early teens, and she uh, stayed with me through that through that yeah. process of getting arrested and, and going to Edge Hill. And,
0: gotcha. Uh, there guys. was a, a good friend of mine sent a, a meme, Jay, Jay Shetty, had posted something on Instagram, and it says that you can be a whole package at the wrong address, you know, and it would seem like you were this package you were this ambition you were this rocket ready to fire right but you weren't you 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 weren't on the right upright you know what i'm saying you weren't on the you weren't on the right propulsion stage for that you ended so you all all ended up leaving each other and yeah yeah and so you hear this is that we want our tribe right we want to be loved but we want to be loved by the right person in the right way. But ultimately Nick, what I'm hearing is that and we said it all the time here on the show, we have to love ourselves.
1: How yeah. did you find how did you find that love of yourself? So I I remember yeah, I was trying to make this relationship work. We had a kid now and you know, I didn't want to put a kid in the position that I was in, you know, split up parents. So like I stay I tried to make it I tried to fix it um, for those reasons. And, you know, it just, it just didn't work out. There was a lot of conflict, a lot of disagreements, a lot of mistakes. And I remember one day I um, I found it's kind of embar- – I still get kind of embarrassed to talk about because it, it has like a negative connotation to it. But I got involved – with a uh, a pickup artist community. And it, you know, there's a lot of different pickup artist communities out there. And this one never wasn't heard of just it. I've
0: never heard of a pickup artist <laughs>
1: <community>, Ever. <laughs> it wasn't just about like secrets, tips, and tricks and hacks and you know, all that crazy stuff. It was about being who the hell you wanted to be and yeah. stop feeling sorry about it. You know, like whatever it is you want to do, like go find someone else that wants to do that, too. And stop trying to please everyone. Um, And that really resonated with me because I always tried to please everyone. Tell that story. Um, Tell that story. And that's when I realized like, hey you know, there's nothing wrong with me. You know, I want to surf and that's all I want to do. Like whatever, like I can go surfing and that's what I want to do. Like I'll find a chick that surfs or one that doesn't, you know, that accepts what I love to do. And is happy about me doing that because I'm going to reciprocate that and love what she does and support what she does. And then it clicked and I was like, why the hell have I been trying to please people that don't even like me for who I am. Why would I want to be around those people? Yes. yes. Right? Like, why yes. Why would that, why do I want that to be my tribe when I could just be myself and being myself will repel people and attract people? Yes. And the yes. people that it attracts will be people that I actually want to well, be around. With. It, it, yeah. Exactly. exactly. So I started just, And it dude, it was scary as hell. I mean, I was, you know, like things I got into this community because, you know, me and the ex were splitting up and off and on. So I got involved and now I had to like meet new women and I had no idea what the hell I was doing, man. Like so much fear because I didn't want to be rejected. And uh, I remember one time a guy in the community, he was like, all right, you're sitting down, you're out of dinner. You see a chick across the way that you want to talk to. He was like, write a line on a piece of paper. So I write a line on a piece of paper. And he's like, all right, on the far left, I want you to write the worst thing that could happen. And on the right, I want you to write the best thing that could happen. And I write on the left, I'm like, well, you know, she says no. And on the right, she, you know, she says, yes, we go out, we have a good time. Uh, In the middle, I get her phone number and we have a conversation. And he was like, all right, now look at that worst thing that could happen. I was like, all right. And he was like, is that really that bad? I was like, <laughs> You can no. tell no every day. Somebody's telling I was you like, no, no actually, every day. Not. No. And it, ever since that day, it was like a, a switch had flipped in my mind. Like whatever it was that was letting fear control me, that guy freaking flipped it Boom. in my head. And That's I was no longer- That was the revolution that That was a definitely the big revolution of of realizing I could be myself, and that fear is there, and it's not going to go away, but it's not in control anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. Fear is a mind killer. There's a tiny little evil that was sitting at you from the inside out. You must face it and learn to control it. Fear that is an in, that is a, a, an interesting thing because one of the one of my favorite authors, his first book, Mark Manson, his first book was called Models. And it's not a pickup artist book it's really about how to attract people in, in, in the context, how to attract women by being vulnerable, by being yourself. And it's interesting at this phase of my life, um, I don't think that I've ever been here at this phase of my life where, you know, I have this this mantra that I heard somebody say, I attract, I don't chase. And yeah. it, is a, it is a wonderful place to be. And I've had conversations with my friends and they'll be like, I don't remember this time in your life when you've just been so cool with just being you. It took me a long time to get here. Like, like you said, I've had these pivotal moments, these watershed moments, and this is who I am. And as I turn 50 at the recording of this show, one month from today, I will turn 50. I, I love this person, this, this man that I am. And e- either you come and hang out with me, and be a part of this tribe, and be a part of my people, and be a part of me, or you don't, and I'm okay. And it is really interesting how life opens up when you say, you know what? Rejection is a part of life, fear is a part of life, you said it's going to happen, it happens every day, you do it, you reject. People are fearful of you, whatever, it's life. And so it's interesting thing now, so you're in this community, and you're attracting all of these people. What's going on in your mind? How are you comporting yourself in the
1: world? Yeah, so I, I started dating and I started overcoming this idea, you know, because like I, I had the the flip had switched, but now I needed to exercise it, right? Like I needed to go out there and and meet new people and be myself. And uh, you know, it was scary. Uh, it was it was scary, man. But I finally. Yeah, you know, I had like two years where I was out there being myself in the world, um, and having a really good time, connecting with new people, meeting new women, making new friends, um, and you know, I was just really enjoying life, just like having a having a good time, living down at the ocean front during the summertime. You know, meeting new people, just running around, like it, it was great, man. And, uh, eventually I I met my wife through a mutual friend and, uh, you know, she was the woman that I had always dreamed of having when I was a little, when I was real young back in the day, you know, dark hair, uh, Latina, big, beautiful eyes. And that's exactly what she is. And, and she has this amazing family, you know, and that was the other aspect that was always missing, uh, from my life, this family that is so close, so supportive. Um, and just like amazing. Like I love when they come visit, it's never one of those things like, Oh, the in-laws are coming. It's like, no, like, Oh, Eileen and Ray are coming down. I'm excited to spend time with them. And she's got two older brothers and we get along really well. It's like, I, you know, it's perfect. It's, it's everything I've ever wanted. Um, And she lets me go surfing whenever I want to go, you know, (laughs) she lets me go on my surf trip. She watches the kids because she knows uh, what I went through as a, as a, as a teenager. And that's also, I talked about exercising being myself. When I realized very early on that I really liked my wife, I told her everything. Because I said, I said, you know, I spent so much of my life hiding things and lying and not being myself. Mm. I said, this is me. This is what I've been through. Uh, this is what I've dealt with. And if you don't like it, then that's fine, you know. But you, eventually you're probably going to find this stuff out, anyways, uh, just somehow or some way. You know what? Honestly, I just didn't even want to, I didn't want to. Think about her finding out. Yeah. Right. That, that yeah. requires a lot of energy. Just thinking like, oh, is she going to find out one day? Right. Like that's burning energy that I don't want to burn. Like yeah. that's just stress that I don't want band- to.
0: It's bandwidth out there that we don't need. Nick, like yeah. you're like you're preaching right now, brother. Let, let me tell you the story. Like literally when you get to this phase of life and it's interesting because tell, tell the world right now how old you are. 33. 33. So you're you're, st- you're young, man. Give me give me the last seventeen years back with what I know. You know what what I've learned now and where you are. Right? I would be, as we always say, I would be unstoppable. Learning, you know, all, all these different things, and to be able to go back in time. But there's a there's a bandwidth that goes into right of h- hiding who we used to be. Right? It, it's okay to say there's an autopsy of you know and i'm gonna show you this autopsy of who i used to be i want you to know and it's interesting now that i I say this right i i I say this. this is me and this is who i have been the key i think nick and 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 tell me you know i've only met your wife a couple times is that she was accepting of the past versions of yourself Right. Because she's like, this is the man that I'm getting and I see the walk. I don't think if people can't accept the past versions of you, I don't think that they're the people for you. But that's just just my opinion. And it would seem like your wife being supportive, like, I know who Nick was, but this is this is who Nick is. And I choose I, I choose him every day. And guess what? He chose me a long time ago. Yeah. You know, he chose me as a little boy. And I and look, I just have been preparing myself right waiting for him to be prepared for me that's what it sounds like you know and so that that is a wonderful thing when you can sit and rest on this is who i am the last part of this nick is that ambition right and finding your tribe led you to angelica and her family like you said i had been missing like i i i have tested all these other tribes out Right, but the tribe that I really needed was my wife and my kids and her family, because what I've seen, Nick, is that when we have the 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 satiety of family and our tribe, we can fulfill our ambition, right? And I want you to talk about that for a second, because you know I I've tried to weave this story because I think this narrative about who Nick Shuket is is an amazing story that I want my revolutionaries to hear, and as we get to this point of ambition. What has this tribe and this community allowed you to do professionally?
1: Yeah. So, you know, having, right a little bit before I met my wife, I was trying to get a job, right? I, like I said, I come back to Virginia beach, a bunch of stuff had happened. Uh, so I got, I actually did get a job working for the sanitation district and it was a good job on paper, you know, but it was shift work and I had to drive and work at different hours and, you know, stay up at night and sleep during the day. And I fell asleep at the wheel three times driving home. And the third time I was like, well, screw I was like, I'm out. I was like, screw this. I'm done. Uh, I literally remember being on the phone with Wells Fargo. I got a loan for 20 grand to start a landscaping business with a friend of mine. Um, and it went wrong. You know, it went terribly wrong. I lost 20 grand, wow. damaged my relationship with this guy. Um, and that put me on a path I had to move back in with my dad. I'm like, all right, I just lost 20 grand. Things are rough. Got to move back in with my dad. And I was trying to get a job, another job. And I couldn't. Um, the The sanitation district I, job I was able to get Because I was on, my dad knew the guy Mm. who worked up high in in the role and I was honest with him. And he had kids going through addiction and he valued my journey, my story and what I've been through. And he gave me a chance um, at this job. So it just didn't work out, you know, no bad blood. It just didn't work out. The shift work wasn't for me, but that's how I got that job. So now I was trying to find another one had no inside connection and was just told no, 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 no. Guys love talking to me. They love sitting down with me. But when it came down to it and, you know, background check and all that stuff, they were like, no, we can't hire you. Um, so I got sick of so being the travesty told no. in itself. Yeah. Yeah. I got sick of being told no. But it set me up for this other opportunity where my buddy was like, hey man, I'm drop shipping stuff on eBay and it's $20 a month for this training. Kind of, kind of pyramid schemey a little bit. Like sounded super weird, but I was like, whatever, man, I'm I'm in. Here's I think I had like $20 and that was it. And I was like, whatever, man. And started listing stuff on eBay for sale. And after a couple months, it, it took off. You know, it t- I started getting a lot of sales. And, and then I bought the training, I made 500 bucks. I bought the training to do the same thing on Amazon. Uh, and that was must've been like 2015, early 2015. And uh, Amazon took off, started getting crazy amounts of sales. I said, dad, things are getting crazy. I was like, I need, I was like, I need a credit card. And my dad was like, here, he saw what was going on. He let me use his card. I remember the first time I wrote him a check for like $16,000. He was like, I don't even think he believed like, yeah, I'm not getting that money back or something like that. And I was like, here, dad, here's a check for 16 grand to pay off that credit card. And, um, and it was just off to the races from there. In 2017, uh, we did over a million dollars in revenue on Amazon.
0: Revolutionary. Do Uh, you hear this? Hold on one second. Do you hear this? Right. This was the kid that was partying, marijuana, cocaine, got popped, right? Went to Edge Hill, went to Oxford, uh, Oxford Hill for rehab, sitting in the back of a cop car, has been in jail. failed relationship. left a job and he just he just said, "Look, I found my way." A million dollars in revenue. I mean, take a just take a moment, revolutionaries, to let that sit with you. Like the ability to come not even come back, right? Because there was nothing it seemed like it was nothing to really to create a life from a life that he didn't want. Like, what was that feeling for you? Like, like, cause at, at some point you look up, right. I'm able to pay my bill. I'm able to pay my bills, right. Pay just a million dollars in revenue. What does that feel like?
1: Yeah, it feels it's, it's like an adrenaline rush. You know, it's, it's what I was always kind of chasing is that, that big goal of, of doing something significant, yes, exactly. um, in my own life um it feels great yeah
0: you know but keep going i think that you know 2017 million dollars right we're four years from that what 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 happens your business builds what's going on
1: yeah so the business builds it gets a little tougher you know as other people start to discover amazon um and i had to make a bunch of changes you know life as an entrepreneur um well, it is exciting, right? Like we have to overcome these obstacles constantly. And I think that's, I actually enjoy that, right? Like I'm good at solving problems on short notice. I'm a risk taker. So, you know, where I like someone sees a criminal or an addict or something like that, and they say, oh, that person's bad. Like I see a risk taker, I see a misguided person. So that's how I try to approach uh People like that, you know, like I see the good in that lifestyle and and most likely they're just like me. Right. They just went down a path and didn't have the tribe, didn't didn't
0: have the tribe, didn't have the support, potentially didn't have the love, potentially. Right.
1: So now I've, uh, you know, I've, I've built this life as an entrepreneur. I've continued to be myself um, ruthlessly, you know, like just being myself and unapologetically being myself and not trying to please everyone. And, um, and now I've got a great tribe, a great community that I'm involved in. And it's, it's a lot of guys and, and women like just like me. Um, that have came from nothing and, and really achieved great things, um, and I've got a great family now. And and like you said, I've created the life that I've always wanted. Um, instead of just hoping it would happen or not knowing Manifestation if it's going to happen, yeah. Um, and it reminds me. I saw a good quote from Jim Jim Carrey the other day. He was He was giving a speech. Uh, at a college. And he was talking about his dad and how his dad went to school to be an accountant and how his dad thought like Jim should kind of follow in his footsteps. And then his dad lost his job at like 45 or something, right? Like he had worked there for like 15, 20 years. And Jim said, Hey, you know, you can, you can fail at doing what you think is the right thing. Right. His dad failed anyways. He went to school and got fired, right? Like that must feel terrible. And Jim said, you might as well roll the dice on something you're passionate about, Mm. something that you really want to do because you might fail, but at least you fail at that. Um, So that's kind of how I live my life now. Like it's, it's not, I'm not really scared of failure. I just kind of accept it and embrace it and make changes and learn from my mistakes and just stay open-minded to what's coming my way. And that's led me to have a lot of different uh, businesses, different roles with organizations. Um, and, And I've really leveraged my experience on Amazon. Now we do brand management and that's what Roman's Tide does. We help other brands sell products on Amazon. I help other people get started with selling on Amazon in the way that I did because Amazon taught me business skills, right? Like I had to learn finance and accounting and marketing and and all these things to run a business. Uh, that's what reselling on Amazon uh, taught me. It was my crash course in business. So I try to teach those skills to other people through that reselling method. Uh, so that's something else I do. And then I've got my fitness thing that I'm involved in as well. Uh, that's you know, a passion of mine. It's just a outlet to really help other people, um, which is what I really like doing, you know, at my
0: core. Right. You know, I think that's that that is the the mic drop moment of the show where we, we, we get to the end of the story and we get to see like this picture, right? And and revolutionaries, if you're watching the show, I want you to see this, right? I want you to see Nick Shukat, right? And see you know, what you probably have been imagining in your mind and to see this brother and, and the work that he's done. Nick, I appreciate you being on the show. It means so much to me. I'm humbled to know you. Uh humble to be able to spend time with you. Nick Chouquette, CEO and founder of Roman's Tide, right? The survivalist. What's your it's revolution? Your
1: revolution. My revolution is realizing that I could achieve everything I wanted in life by really just loving myself and expressing myself, uh, and not being afraid to do it and let that stop me from doing it. Man,
0: I love that, Nick, and I appreciate you, revolutionaries. This is one. This is one for you. This is riveting. This is. Right. It's it's the show that's going to make you sit back and take stock of yourself. Right. Are you loving yourself? Are you surrounded by your tribe? Are they the right tribe? If not, it's time to go. You know, as I think about this 30 days before 50. Right. This is the this is one of the biggest revolutions of my life. Right. Being able to say, you know, where have I been over the last 50 years and where am I going? Where are you going, revolutionaries? What's your revolution and how can your tribe and your families and your people help you to achieve this i wish you well i wish you well i love you all and i look forward to the next time that we are in space together shout out to my beloved New Orleans. shout out to (laughs) shout out to my aunt flo who over the last 50 years have given me so much love and joy I appreciate the life that you have allowed me to have, the love, the joy, the family that you have given me and my mother and your sister. Godspeed to you. Rest in peace, Aunt Flo. We love you. Revolutionaries, would will talk to you soon and always be able to answer the most thought-provoking question of your life. What's your revolution? Peace. Peace.